moment of where's my burrito? Yeah, are you my, are you my audio flashback? You, you, you were going to do it? I'm sorry. After you, after you, sir. Yeah, I mean, we didn't really discuss it, so, you know. Yeah, well, you waited for me to talk, and then you mimicked me, so it seems like you know exactly what the there's a, There's a little bit of a lag, so I thought that you were waiting for me to talk, so then I jumped in. It was really, it was, you know. You're a goddamn liar, Max. You're a goddamn liar, and I'm so Maybe. over your goddamn okay. lie. Hey, everybody, welcome to this week's edition of Where's My Burrito. <laughs> I'm your host, Max, and joined with me, as always, did I say that right? Is Christian Torres. Joined, joined like conjoined Joint. with me. <laughs> Jointed with me, as always, Christian Torres. Hey, man. Listen, episode 20. Episode the big 20. 20. Yeah, we still can't, you know, watch. Uh, we can't. Wait, 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 what's 20? We can't drink yet. The podcast can't drink yet, but. I mean, we're, we're going to have to, like, get our friends' brothers or something to buy us yeah. some stuff. Or, or play Hey Mister, like we used to back in Tampa. Hey Mister, you can buy some beer? Can you, like, can you go back to the concept of Hey Mister as a kid? Like, that was, a, that was like a lexicon that we all knew, number one. Number two, we had no shame going up to, like, 40-year-old people be like, Hey Mister, you buy me and my friends some beer? I, I think you're, you're misremembering the past a little bit because I never did that. I let you guys do that. And I oh, yeah, you were there. Yeah. All of the shame. I held on to all that shame for you guys, so don't worry about it. I was the gatekeeper of shame back then. <laughs> the gatekeeper of shame. Max mm-hmm. McCarthy. That's one of your AKAs where they're like, AKA, the gatekeeper of shame, Max yep. McCarty. If I was like an MC, that's how they'd be like introducing me in rap yeah. battles. <laughs> I want to see you in a rap battle, man. You're like kind of a good rapper. I mean, for yeah. a white person, you yeah. know? Like, the best rap I've ever done is um, the Tony B one, R.I.P. Tony B. That's it. <laughs> okay, That's you best. may not remember That's this because we were been. drunk, but one time I made you do uh, a rap at my apartment and you, because uh, you had just gone to the World Trade Center the day before. Mm-hmm. So you're like, oh, hanging at the World Trade Center. Hope they don't turn it to the World Grave Center. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like- Ryman Center was center bringing up a tragedy. You know? <laughs> That's the mark of any good rapper. Topical. God, man, you're you're provocative. You get you get the people talking. The people are twitting. You know, I am a real provocateur. You know, and I feel like I don't get enough credit for it. What kind of credit do you want for that? Like, what's the best you can you can get from the provocateur thing? I want people to see me and go, "Hey, there's that that guy that's always provoking people." Okay. No, here's just the provoking. just provoking the world. I, I don't, you know, limit it to people. I provoke animals. I provoke plants, insects. I'm fine with plants because they don't have a nervous system. But animals. God, if he exists or she or it, you know. <laughs> I say, fuck you, um, God. Okay, so listen, this is this week's episode because the blasphemy. Yeah, we got it. We got it. We got to get off of that, man. Like God's about to strike you down. I don't believe in him either, but that's the kind of shit that gets you in trouble, you know. Um. Listen, dude, fucking, we're talking about not giving a fuck and being, uh, you know, provocative for the sake of being provocative. Fucking James Gunn, dude, gets, uh, gets fired off this Guardians movie. R.I.P. Jimmy G. R.I.P. Jimmy G. Yeah, here's the thing about James Gunn getting fired. That was some bullshit. Okay, let's play count. Let's, let's talk this out, okay? Mm. I talked about this a little bit on my other show, on the What's in the Box show, but it's like, we just fired Roseanne's dumb fucking ass, right, for saying ignorant fucking shit, okay? Yep. 
Yep. Disney owns both fucking Marvel and ABC. They're going to have to claim consistency across the board. So in a way, I completely understand. What bothers me about this is that Disney knew about these tweets six years ago where he openly apologized for yeah. it. If you're going to fire anybody, happened. fire the person that hired James Gunn, to, unless that was Kevin Feige. Maybe it was. Yeah, can't, but can't like, if they're not going to have the oversight when they hire him, then they shouldn't then fire him for not you know, looking into it. Yeah, no. I don't but know. The, the, like, look at where he came from. He did Tromeo and Juliet. He was a part of that whole, like, you mm-hmm. know, Tromeo Toxic Avenger uh, fucking thing. And, like, that was, you want to talk about provocateurs. Like, they were all about pushing buttons. Like, all those movies were as trashy, um, lowbrow as it gets just to get a rise out of people. So, like, that's where this guy came from. That's his bread and butter. Should be no shock to anybody that he was making some offensive jokes back in the day. I mean, but they're not even jokes. I mean, to be shitty to James Gunn, like a joke presupposes that someone can find them funny. I didn't find any of it particularly funny. I mean, there were only a couple that I remember right offhand, but he's like, you know, the best part about being raped is that when it's over, you're like, phew, I'm not being raped anymore. And I'm like, why is that a necessary tweet to put out into the world? Like, it doesn't do anything. I don't see the joke. I don't see the merit of it. There's another one where he talks about getting... Uh, a three-year-old to piss on his head or something and again i love the guardians movies and i like slither and i generally like james gunn i just don't understand why that even led to something you know what i mean like it's not like it added anything to the conversation if it yeah. if it was actual like a setup there was a setup and then a punchline whether the punchline was dirty or not that's whatever at least we all understand that it's a fucking joke there's no context for these tweets and they all sound pretty horrific you know what i mean but I think that even like judging the tweets on their merits is like getting away from the issue because he's since deleted them and he's moved on with his life and he hasn't said anything remotely offensive in the public's like sphere for years and years and years. So like at the end of the day, should he be fired for some stupid shit he said? Well, listen, well, this is like not exclusive to entertainment because there's a uh, over the week there was the all-star game in, in baseball and one of the pitchers, they went back and saw his Twitter account where he made a bunch of homophobic slurs and shit when he was like 18. And mm-hmm. it's just like, okay, now is he going to get in trouble for some shit he said when he was 18 years old, right? The, the problem is like it presupposes that people can't change or better themselves. And that's my issue with it because it's like, no, I don't agree with any of the shit that he tweeted. I don't, th- I don't think that he's a pedophile. I just think that they're in poor taste and they shouldn't have been said to begin with yeah. Oh, but yeah, absolutely. my issue with it i think right now is that disney is like well we fired roseanne for this we got to pretend like we're playing equals and that's why they fired him it's it's fucking apples and oranges they shouldn't be compared the fucking guy who put all this information out there on twitter has openly said that rape isn't a thing so he's a piece of shit i don't think we should take his word for anything what who's that alt-right guy mike um what's his name cernovich or cernovich or something yeah yeah, something like Fuck that. Fuck that guy. He's I, an I, ass. I feel like just that alone, like just the fact that this guy was targeting James Gunn for being a liberal or putting mm-hmm. a liberal conglomerate to the test is allowing that right-wing piece of shit to prevail. Mm-hmm. Like at the end, he's trying to use their their own system of blame against them to achieve a result and go see. Because either way, he wins. If they don't fire him, then they're hypocrites. If they do fire him, then they shame and fire the guy that you know, has been a quasi-liberal on Twitter sometimes. Let me ask you something. If, if he never came out publicly and apologized for this six years ago and Disney didn't already know about this, is this a different situation to you? Are you like, okay, I kind of understand it a little bit more because it's like Disney hired someone unaware of all that shit. You know what I mean? 
And then this is brought to light. Although I made this joke yesterday. It's like, I don't think, I don't think Disney's not going to do their fucking research on anyone that they hire. Number one, yeah, I think that's the first thing. Yeah. Like the, if, if they didn't know about it, then they weren't doing enough research. Number one, number two, unless he actually, I'll be that guy, unless he actually molested somebody or mm-hmm. unless he actually like partook in acts that were fucking awful. Like he just said some stupid tasteless shit. Sure, I don't but really have, I, I don't think that that should limit his ability to create art. Well, I don't think. Here's the thing: I don't think he's in movie jail. You know, like James Gunn's going to get work. You know, like he's got Guardians and Guardians Two, which are universally kind of accepted as at least the most unique uh, yeah. part of the Marvel universe. So he'll get he'll get gigs elsewhere. I just don't think it's going to be with Disney. But what you know, to play the devil's advocate, it's like, listen, if you run a company and one of your employees says some shit on their own time, but it reflects poorly on you. You're within your rights to fire that person. It's what happened with yeah. Roseanne. It happened with the Duck Dynasty guy when he started talking bad about gay people. It's like yeah. that's not that's not crippling freedom of speech. It's like you know you work and represent somebody, so you have to like, you know, but you have to walk that line. There, right. The difference there is Roseanne and the Duck Dynasty guy said that while they were producing those shows, he said these I'm, things well before he ever worked with Disney. So like that is me, true. That's yeah. different. Okay. Know? Yeah, 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 it's sad, man. And I think it's per- I think it's profoundly sad because you know he was supposed to run a lot of the next phase of Marvel uh, yeah. with Kevin Feige, and now that's not going to happen. And uh, it's just depressing, man. Because you're right, like the 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 Empire won, the Empire won this round. Because you're right, they were going to win no matter what, whether they got to call Disney hypocrites or whether they got to get this guy fired. Either way, that that it, it, that was always their fucking mission statement was to put themselves in an advantageous position that they're never necessarily going to lose fucking sucks dude yeah guardians uh you know i talk a lot of shit about marvel but at the end of the day the guardian series like is the one for me where it feels like it has an authorial stamp it's written and directed by the same guy Mm -hmm. he's actually a stylist unlike the russo brothers who everything that they shoot looks like a fucking slap of concrete um yeah I, I, uh, you know what's I, sad is like you you had no problems against the Russo brothers when they're directing Arrested or directing Community, right? Because that's them stepping into a previously established uh, aesthetic. Yeah, but it's own. when they're yeah now when they have to create the aesthetic themselves, you think they fall flat. That's your that's your beat with it. Yeah, because all of their movies again, like they look like fucking washed out concrete. Like like you look at Civil War, and that movie is so ugly visually. Like it is just not a pretty movie. Same with Infinity War. Like it gets a little more colorful, but like so. Then you why does James Gunn's movies? Yeah, like sure. Guardians. And it's like these neon, bright, poppy comic. But it looks like an actual comic book, mm-hmm. you know. And it's not afraid to go there, like with the color, visual aesthetics, and everything. There's okay. What about of- what about Winter Soldier though? Because I think we both generally. But again, that's kind of them. But, but that aping works. the seventies. Yeah, they're aping a seventies kind of. Uh, espionage style thriller like kind of like a born type thing but with captain america like it's gonna look a little more muted and yeah Mm. that's the espionage aesthetic okay so what do you want to do is do you want to like hack some twitters and plant some fake tweets for people we don't like because here's what i think if we just if we plant bad tweets on everybody okay this is like a real incredible this is a real incredible situation (laughs) you know what i mean it's like if everyone's Mm -hmm. super then no one is so if everyone's corrupt no one can get fired so so just or just shut down all of hollywood like like basically their guns and they literally just fire everybody (laughs) 
Yeah, we're never <laughs> no working more. with Tom Hanks again. No more Meryl Streep. No more yeah. uh, Guy Pierce. Not that he's a hot commodity anymore. <laughs> No movies this month, guys. Hollywood shut down this month to teach everyone a lesson, man. No I tweeting. I think it would be good for the industry. There's a lot of people waiting in the wings. You know, let's get all the fucking, you know. So you want to have like like, like when, when the, the NFL strikes and they don't want to lose games, they go out and they go get like picket replacement players. They're like, we're yeah. just doing a replacement league, but with actors. Isn't that what the Keanu Reeves movie was? The replacements uh, is all about that. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I, I forgot that you don't know sports, but if I put it through the prism of a sports movie, you got it. Yeah. You're all. That's how I know about sports is by watching films. Okay, so Keanu Reeves replacement, the verbatim situation only with actors, right? Like Hollywood does a lockout and they just get all the new kids who've been waiting in the wings, you know? Yeah, you know, there's so fucking many of them just all desperate. I've seen Mulholland Drive. I know how Hollywood works. There's a ton (laughs) of Naomi's just waiting to murder their best friend for a leading role. Would you murder me for a leading role? I'm thinking about this right now. This is what haunts me a little bit, man. Wait, this haunts you even though you just had this thought? It's haunting you already? Yeah, it's it's going back and haunting me, the, the, like, the retroactively. Ghost, this thought is looming over you now? Like, would Max murder me for a leading role? Yeah, if David Lynch comes up to you, he's like, you got Moxie. <laughs> he wants you to be your fucking lead person or whatever. You're like, you just got to murder the brown guy. Are you going to do it? Are you going to murder me? Okay, you so took way too not, long to answer that question. Well, okay, no. If, if I found out in, in one moment that I've, number one, got to murder you and that david lynch is legitimately and openly racist uh hold on hold on hold on he's not racist lots of grapples just just describing me okay like you gotta murder the brown guy like you don't even have a name you don't have an identity you're just a skin color to david lynch that's fucked up uh you know see you're getting i'd say you know what david you got it buddy and then i would fake your own death Then I pop up at the wrap party inside the cake, give him a heart attack. It it all works out, man. It comes full circle, as it were. Yeah, we'll we'll give <sighs> you like an ironic like Lincoln stovepipe hat or something. You could be like my hipster friend Josh. Like this is a different guy. Don't worry about it, Mister Lynch. <laughs> Listen, man. Speaking of hipster hats, getting off this slightly, I went to go see Arcade Fire and Beck this week. All right, they played at the Penn's Landing oh, uh, Pier. Those two are like top tier hipster hat guys. Well, that's my point, because as much shit as you were talking about Win Butler rocking that fucking Jordakowski hat, like the fucking Man, Holy Mountain hat, asshole. Beck is rocking equal hats, except that he is literally like 13 years older than Win Butler, and you're like, maybe you should get out of this wearing a hat phase, Beck, you know what I mean? Like, Because at some point, do you, do you think he becomes self-parody? Because Beck is so fucking cool. We've always said this. Beck is so yeah. cool. He's the kind of guy who like goes to church to rebel you know what i mean like that's i mean yeah that's the thing about beck is like i I can't tell what he's doing if it's sincere or if it's like wrapped in three layers of irony and then sealed with duct tape you can't tell with beck so it's hard to like get too mad at anything he's doing because he could have enough ironic detachment to get away with it when butler is all about those sincere anthems about stuff and things it was great. Let me tell you, the concert, both concerts were good for different reasons. Um, I've never seen Beck before. So homie comes out and he starts the set with like a, like a really metal version of Devil's Haircut. Like he just comes out and starts that way. You're like, oh shit, lights are popping off everywhere. He's wailing on the guitar. I had a, a great time because it's like, well, I've loved this dude for fucking years, but you know, he also yeah. has 28 year, 27 years of material to work from at this point. Yeah. How, how was when, his voice? Did, was he like carrying it or? 
It was good. Here's the problem. So at, at one point he plays Deborah, but he does an acoustic version of Deborah, right? So no one's on stage and he plays a Deborah. And, you know, he doesn't hit those notes. Like the, no I want to get with yeah. Dude, he's not Jim James. The problem here, though, is in the middle of it, he only played like a, one and a half verses of Deborah, and then he cut, went into a Prince cover for half a second. He did Raspberry Beret, which is really sweet. I've I heard love him it. do Raspberry Beret before. Like, Oh, have you? Okay, cool. I, I had sort of version. Yeah. But it was it was interesting because he went up there and he's like, uh, all right, he's talking about the song that comes on the radio in Deborah, right? He's using that as a way to talk about Raspberry Beret. So he's mm-hmm. just like, oh, if we sing this song, and he's like, now he's just off topic but still in the melody talking about like maybe we could all sing this song and and we can send some love and like he's just yeah. still talking for a while and then he goes into it like fucking four people know the song it broke my heart man like four people at this concert knew that it was a prince song it really made me sad dude man dude, you're not even a prince guy and you know him that's the fucking point I'm a Prince guy. What are you talking about? I'm not a Prince guy. I thought you said you, 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 not that you're not a Prince guy, not that you don't like oh, him, but that you're oh, not as like well versed. It's like, it's like you said it was like him and Bowie. Like you like yeah. them, but you've never taken deep dives into any other shit. But my point is this you know the five popular Bowie songs and you know the top five popular Prince songs. I thought you were coming at me misconstruing my, <laughs> my musical taste. I hate Prince. I hate all royalty. Fuck the Regals, you know, but, um, no, dude, it was just like my point is this. Even the casual fan should know like like when Dubs Cry, Raspberry Beret, right? Like Little Red Corvette. Like you should know the the hits, bro. Like Prince is Prince. No one knew it. So that so yeah, let's go crazy. So basically anything that was on Purple Rain, you should know because that's like the monumental one. But it's like, you know, it was sad that no one did that. The concert itself was pretty good. Um, he played a weird set list. You know, he went all over the place. So it was cool to hear like, like deep cuts, like who? Th- I didn't think anyone would play Hell Yes, you know what I mean? But he played Hell Yes. Then he played, uh, I forget the name of it, but uh, it's off Midnight Vultures. Uh, turn it up now, turn it up now. Mixed business? Mixed business, sorry, that one. So he played like a lot of, he went all over the place and that was really, really cool. Um, I just feel like his voice, you know, when you talk about Beck, you're like, oh, he's a 12 octave singer. He can do anything, yeah. he can go anywhere. Wasn't as great, but he, granted, yeah. granted he's on tour. It's like, listen, my friend Ryan is, is in that fucking man-man band, right? And every time that he thinks, it's like when I see him before concerts, he like lets me know he can't talk a lot. He's like, I got to save this dude because like yeah. you do this every single day. Like even the talking will take its toll on your voice, you know? Yeah. So I don't want to be too um, critical. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, no, I was just going to say I'm always impressed. Like it's always like a high wire act for me whenever I see someone live for the first time, especially if they're like getting on in years a little bit. And like mm-hmm. for a singer, like it's the same as athletes. Like you're using that voice, like belting out tunes night after night. You're going to put some wear and tear on it. Now it can be able right. to hit those notes you hit when you were 20. Um, so it's always <laughs> impressive to me when somebody can. And yeah. like, I like St. Vincent, I've seen her live and like her, like, playing a guitar riff while like hitting those notes and cruel like yeah. just fucking like every time i've seen her she's done it radiohead tom york like still fucking i mean i haven't seen them in a couple of years yeah no no he's they, they they don't tune down at all they're they keep it they keep it at the same and that's my point though but so okay so let's talk about this quickly and i'll get back to arcade fire in terms of like aging voices who who who's the best i mean you hear people like elton john and you're like oh my god bro like you went yeah. from here to fucking like six octaves lower. I don't know how that happens to someone, you know? Yeah. Um, McCartney's gotten a little bit lower, but he can still sort of hit his notes. You know what I mean? I'm trying to think like who who's aged the best? Brian Wilson, maybe? Is he still hitting those notes? Like 
I don't know, man. Uh, like, I, that's the thing. Like, I kind of stopped listening to people once they hit, like, you know, I'm not interested in seeing Billy Joel sing Piano Man at age 75. Yeah. Well, see, he's different because I resent the fuck out of Billy Joel, by the way, because <laughs> this is the truth. I resent this motherfucker so much. We're going to get to the my neuroses here. Crypty and Billy fucking Joel, man. All right. Billy Joel hasn't Billy made a new album. He was a child. Oh, okay, I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, that fucking hair, that hair. Like, bro, you were going bald in the '80s. You should have just admitted this. But um, no, like, uh, he hasn't put out a new album. He retired. Billy Joel. I'm, I mean, I'm sure you know this. Hasn't put out an album in 25 years. 93 yeah. is his last record. He's like, I don't make albums anymore. He's just literally making money off of playing the old songs for the last two and a half decades, dude. Oh, yeah, I actually have something to say about this. Um, Let's hear it. At some point in my 10-year run on Facebook, I liked Billy Joel's page for some <laughs> And every now and then, I'll be reminded of that fact, even though I don't really like Billy Joel. Like, Piano Man's a good song. I'm sorry. I like it, especially when I'm kind of drunk. You don't have to hate on it. Billy Joel. There's some good Billy Joels. I told your mom. I like moving out. You know, that's a good Yeah, song. I told your mom. Every time I listen to moving out, I change yeah. Mama Leone to Mama McCarty. And yes. she loved yes. that joke. So. She, yeah. she loved that. But um, but all, all of that is to say, it's not enough for me to like his Facebook page. But I did. <laughs> so every now and then I'll get like little updates about his set list. And it's always like the same fucking... 12 to 18 songs from like the 80s that he did mm-hmm. it's like dude you've been doing the same shit for 30 40 years like just stop but isn't that kind of the goal like you think about someone only has to make one good like in a movie <clears throat> if you make one good movie and it makes like who's, who's that nia vanderlose lady right she did the greek wedding it's like she did that one movie and it's not a great movie right is that, is that her name vanderlose Maybe. i don't know the point is this. She made, what, $252 million on a $3 million budget? Like, go away. Like, yeah. stop making movies. You're done, man. Like, you don't have to do anything Literally else. just, like, travel the world for the rest of her life or have yep. a summer house here and a winter house there. Oh, my God. Between the seasons house somewhere else. Yeah. No. What, what, what do you have to do? And that's my point. So I want to hate on Billy Joel, but at the same time, it's like, look, he got all that done in 93. Meanwhile, the Rolling Stones and McCartney and all these other assholes are still chucking out new material like they need to do it, not realizing that every subsequent album somehow ruins the legacy that they have already built for themselves, you know? Yeah. <sighs> Fucking McCartney, man. We've talked enough about him, though. All right, we don't have to. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it back to Win Butler if we can, because yeah. a couple episodes. Or winsome? Oh man, I don't know. It's Winifred? a really good question. It is a weird name. I don't think Win is even his first name. I think that that's like a like or a did fucking his, did his parents. Were his parents just trying to set him up for success? Like you're gonna win. <laughs> his name is Edwin Edwin Farnham Butler the third. Oh, fucking course it is. Now listen, you want to talk about him being a hipster? If he went, if he was a real hipster, he would go by Edwin Farnham Butler the third. Like our fucking buddy, what is it, Otis that Jackson? That does sound like an actual butler's name, by the way. That that Edwin Edwin Farnham, <laughs> Edwin Farnham Butler the third at your service. This How is back you- in the day when your last name met, was your profession. You know, yeah. <laughs> comes from centuries of butlers. Come from a long, proud family tradition of butlerin. All right, all over the goddamn United States. Um, well, butler is a funny word because it has butt in it but in it yeah i know you can't I'm say butler you. without butt <laughs> okay <laughs> thank you for the juvenile moment of our i feel like all of it's a juvenile butts moment. are funny 
Uh, you know, when Butler, what were you going <laughs> to say about him? <laughs> um, I was just going to say that. So I got to see him. It was cool. They came through the crowd in order to, uh, to like get to the stage, which was cool. Yeah. And it was right like next to it. Down the aisles or whatever. Well, they made, this is what bothered me. Yeah, exactly. No seats. They had to get security to clear it. So the, the spontaneous moment of them going through the crowd is already ruined because I'm like, why are they making this path unless these fuckers are going to walk through here? You know what I right. mean? Right. So, so this wasn't like, you know, like in the, when you're in the Lion King on Broadway and like the giraffe walks next to you. No, none of that. This is security parting yeah. the Red Sea like fucking mm-hmm. Moses. You yeah, and then that security like just hates all of the shows that they have to sit through. And it's like I'm sure. Yeah, I for just, some I reason I thought. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'll be at like an amazing show, and I'll look over at security, and they've just got like a stone face, and they're just like, <laughs> God damn it, I've got a headache right now. Yeah, you have to imagine they hate all of it. By the way, I thought you were going to say, do you think security at the parting of the Red Sea was tight? I'm like, oh my God, I've never even thought about that. Like, what kind of fucking bouncer system did they have back then? No, um, I assume they have to hate it. I mean, no one seems like they're having a good time at every show that we've ever been to. You know? Yeah, I've never once seen security be like, yeah, this is, this is good. Yeah, this is, this is life changing. Never <laughs> once, not even like a little nod or anything, like just like dead inside. I think that they have to they have to be alert. They can't even enjoy the music. You so, know? so it's like the Royal Guard, like the guys with the poofy hats and the red vests where they just have to stand still even if you're like yep. fucking with them and stuff. Gotta be a gargoyle or a stone gargoyle. You know? They're wearing a yellow t-shirt that says security on it. Oh, these guys were wearing black t-shirts with yellow lettering, Max. So oh. get your shit together. Oh, anyway. Sorry. I got <laughs> no, the but- wrong bumblebee uh, <laughs> shades going on. Um, the Wynn Butler of it all was like, the show was really, really great. And there was another time in the middle of it, they started playing Afterlife and he like straight up is just singing the song in the crowd, like just walking around talking to people and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, so, you know, I hate Regine so much, right? Like I think Regine, like you, you hate Wynn Butler because you think he's a hipster, but I wager that he's a hipster because he's married to Regine and, and he has to like somewhat either mask it or live up to that level. I will say, though, that Sprawl 2 is my favorite track off of Suburbs. Best part of the night was when she played it. Like, it sold me on it so much because, like, everyone else is just in the background and she's just straight up, like, dancing. And the dancing usually annoys the shit out of me because mm-hmm. she can't really dance. But she's killing it, dude. Like, I got this video. I took one video the whole time because I don't want to be one of those assholes who's not, like, you know, enjoying the moment live or whatever. But it was just so fucking good. And suddenly I was like, okay, Regine, you got me. I get you. Finally, for the first time ever. I've seen you three times now. And this is the only time I've ever understood why you exist or what your part is in this band, you know? Um, She killed it, man. I thought she was really wonderful. And that's to say that, like, I know they're coming off an album that you didn't really like, but I dug it a lot. And um, I was really happy. It was a good introduction to, to, like, the Philly concert scene. Also, I sent you that picture of it, of uh, it overlooking. Yeah. So the pier is right by the bridge. And how fucking beautiful is that, man? That was beautiful. I saw that when I was deliriously tired, and I was like, that's a nice picture. <laughs> um, I went there. On Beck's night, it was fucking 68 degrees, and the breeze is coming in from the bridge. I mean, it was perfect concert weather. It was like one of the best fucking experiences I had in a while. So, um, nice. And then Jen- Jenny Lewis did a duet with him because she was his opener. Oh, Jenny yeah. Lewis in the news. Yeah, <laughs> Jenny Lewis in the news. Okay, listen, the obvious thing here is we got to go pitch her doing a duet album with Huey. Is Huey even alive still? I assume he is. I'm I mean, saying I don't she should replace Huey and, like, commandeer the news. 
like take the band from them. Just like they, yeah. he shows up to practice one day. They're like, we got to talk. <laughs> You're out, Huey. We've had enough after 40 years or whatever. We're- I'm Huey Lewis. You're the news. How does this work without me? I got you. Danny Lewis. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you got the other Lewis, huh? Are they fucking related? I knew like, this day would it's come. Like a Game of situation. This is a real Game of Thrones situation. Like the the, 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 the chair was open. And yeah, Jenny the Lewis, the Lewis family line. Like Jenny seized her opportunity. <laughs> fucking. Oh my god, they're the Lannisters of the entertainment industry, man. Never sleep on the Lewis family. Um, they really are. <laughs> are they really? <laughs> you can't know. just say they really are. Give me an example, Max. Don't 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 give me a big head by agreeing with outlandish things that I say. You know, I'm I'm here to support and enable you and all of your instincts. So, like, what do you want from me? Not to do that? Yeah. I oh, just I, yeah. What are you talking about, Christian? That thing you said doesn't make any sense. Does that feel yeah. better? No, actually, I'm hurt now. Why didn't you just keep? Okay, we'll see. Ego? God damn it! I I can't win. <laughs> I'm indecisive. You got to know what I need <laughs> more than I do. All right, that's your job. <laughs> Oh man! What am I like? This, am I like a, an emotional butler to you? Yeah, you you come from a long line of emotional butlers, man. <laughs> uh, there's a long, your, mom, long your mom is the sweetest person I've ever met, man. I really mean that. Like, I feel like she caters to the needs, much like an emotional butler. So, if you have that in you, I mean, we know where it comes from. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I try to carry those qualities as a as a supervisor. You know, I attend to the emotional needs of the people who work under me and she attends to the emotional needs of children because she's a teacher. Mm. Do you think that your mom secretly hates kids or do you think she really loves kids? I mean, that would be a really masochistic profession to be getting into if she legitimately hated children, but maybe who am I to say? I just think about this. Indicates otherwise, but I don't know. She'll, you know, like many, many, many years down the line, she's on her deathbed. She'll like, I have a confession to make. And you're like, oh shit, am I adopted? Like, what, what the fuck? No, I just, I've always hated children. I've always hated them. They smell bad. They're not good actors. <laughs> like there's nothing good that comes from kids. Well, it would be weird because like I've given her so many opportunities because I've said <laughs> all of those things. And she's like, they smell fine, Max. <laughs> she could have jumped in and been like, hey, I actually agree. I'm so glad you said that. I've been keeping up the sack for years. And remember when you were a kid? That was the worst. I hated you and your mind. So uh, how do you think any of these other fuckers fare, you know? Right. Um, I think it because your mom, your mom does the drama department. And here's the thing. No bullshit. Your mom's really good at that. Like she puts on the shows very well. More importantly, she's good at getting performances out of kids. Now, here's the thing. Most actors are assholes, right? We've all heard that. Most kids have not learned like empathy and the good things that you need to be a caring and kind, compassionate human being. Therefore, they're perfect. Yeah, <laughs> is what you're saying. Exactly. Traits. Yeah. And she so just hard child actors. That's what you're saying. So again, replacement Hollywood, okay? Only child actors. We're bringing child actors in. The best part of any movie or TV show is when they bring in a child actor and you're like, oh yeah, now it's going to get interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm um, more of a fan of Happy Days when Cousin Oliver shows up, okay? Like, that's when it gets good for me. All the other stuff beforehand is like, I guess we have to get through it to get to the good stuff of Cousin Ollie, you know? (laughs) How long Sorry. do you think it's been since somebody who's had like a strong opinion on the phases of Holly <laughs> of Happy Days? 
<laughs> You're right. They're like, are they really referencing a 70s sitcom? Like, is that happening right now? Oh, Christ, man. I mean, I have to. Ron Howard looked like a bald skeleton. <laughs> I was talking about, uh, and I would ask you too, just like get it the other day. I was like, listen, James Gunn may have a punchable face. Okay. But if I had to take out all people in Hollywood who had a punchable face, I mean, like, I wouldn't watch Tarantino movies, certainly wouldn't watch Ron Howard's goofy ass. Like, I wouldn't watch any movies because I'd want to punch everyone in the face. And I turn the question to you, sir. Who's got the most punchable face in Hollywood? We've had this conversation before on the podcast. Do you not no, remember? No, we didn't. Did we yes, really? Yes, we did. And then we, and then you offered up to me Bradley Cooper, and I jumped on that, and I said, yeah, Bradley Cooper. And I said, who's yours? And you were like, uh, Steve, Senior Spielbergo. No, 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 no. What I said then was if we can mix Westworld and The Purge, and we can make a replica of anyone we want, and we can kill them. <laughs> I would go oh. Steven Spielbergo, fictional. You would go Bradley Cooper because you're a sick person. Um, yeah. yeah. So this you're is the really most punchable success there. <laughs> no, I, in terms of the most punchable fan, are you going to say Bradley Cooper? Are you sticking with the coop? Um, maybe. You know, Paul Dano is up there, but he's almost so punchable that it's endearing. You know. Sure. Yeah. And I've seen but he's also a good actor. That's the so difference. Many, yeah, he's really talented, and I've seen him get like the shit kicked out of him so many times that like it would ruin the catharsis for me. You know. Uh, like there was prison. a time where you were just you were Christ. just putting on the fucking uh, the I drink your milkshake <laughs> like the bludgeoned with the goddamn uh, bowling yep. pin. I just added on a loop, you know. Once YouTube added the loop feature, I was set. <laughs> um, yeah, man. All right, Paul Dano's really good. I would feel bad because he's talented, no, but I guess that's it, the point. It's not him. Um, there, there was one guy. He plays like Harvey Dent on Gotham. He's got the most punchable face. I forget what that guy's name is, but every time I fucking see him, like I, my fists, like my hands fall up into fists. I'm just like, get off my TV. Okay, let me amend this slightly. Who's too pretty and they need a punch to the face just to make you feel better? Like, are you talking like a Jared Leto in Fight Club situation? Like, yeah, like I wanted to destroy something beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Jared Leto? You're like, fuck Jared Leto, man. Yeah, fine. Yeah, I don't like Jared Leto at all. I was re-watching Blade Runner 2049, and he is legitimately good in that. But that's, like, the only time where I've been like, hey, I like Jared Leto. Yeah, that's weird, right? Jared Leto gets a lot of acclaim, but I'm not he's sure I've ever loved him. psycho, but he was, like, playing an awful, you know, douchey bro. He's also barely in that, you know? That's a different yeah. thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Dallas Buyers Club, everyone really, really liked. And I was just like, eh, all right. <laughs> like, it's, like <laughs> it's fine, I guess. But again, you know what puts me off about that is like, oh, he lost a bunch of weight for that role. So we have to give him the Oscar. Like, I wish the Academy, like, actually gave a shit about performance and not about what the actor had to go through in order to do the performance. Like, it's yeah. not the same thing, you know? Yeah. You know, I think that the mark of a true actor is someone who's fat and stays fat, even though they're playing someone skinny and you forget get so you're you're so you're saying when brando shows up on the fucking apocalypse now set he's just being the best actor he can be he's 45 pounds overweight and shit like yeah. that doesn't know any of his lines i mean well Will, william h macy did once say something that always stuck with me it's that you know the mark of a really great actor is someone who doesn't need to put on any prosthetics or any extensive makeup to convince you that they're another person. And he said, I don't care if they're playing a real person or not. Whenever I see that in an actor, that should not be rewarded or awarded at all. Like that's sure. and bullshit. 
That's actually really insightful. The only thing I remember William H. Macy ever saying is that his favorite cuss word is cocksucker. I sorry, he said that on Inside the Actor Studio and Lipton's face was like, oh my, like he was taken aback by <laughs> cocksucker. Did you know that Lipton wrote the Thundercats theme song? No, God, no, he did not. Really? Yes, like thunder, thunder, that one, the fucking OG that. one? That was James Lipton. How many like prominent fucking people have made other weird, like, you know, I always go back, I think we talked about this on the pod, on the pod but it's like uh, Orson Welles' final role is the Transformers, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I mean, you know, Brando just fucking getting drunk and like doing the Superman movie is pretty good. <laughs> Um, that was in the 70s. That was the final that's role. That's like, the last role. thing that he did. I Might guess. be that Michael Jackson video where he just shows up in a fedora for no reason. Well, wait. No, he was in the score. Wasn't that the last thing he did? The score? Yeah, yeah. We talked about this too because he was a real asshole, right? Didn't yeah. didn't De Niro have to like go fucking yeah, direct? He was, him? he was calling Frank Oz Miss Piggy and going oink oink oink, even though he agreed to do the movie and he knew who the director was. That fat fuck. God damn it, Brando. You're so good, but I hate you. Yeah, man, but we'll always have this, okay? <laughs> we'll always have him holding this cat in the beginning of fucking... Uh, yeah, um, to, to be clear, for those who aren't visually uh, watching, um, he's yeah. holding up a Funko Pop uh, figure of Don Corleone. He's my favorite, dude. He's the, he's the best. He's the most beautiful. He's... Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, seriously, I mean, we can talk about Wait, the Godfather the character for a second. Marlon Brando? Yeah, no, not Marlon Brando. Fuck that guy. I got to see it in... Oh, okay. I was going to say, I was a little taken back. I wanted some clarification there. I did okay. get to see The Godfather in theaters last year. Um, AMC was doing like a classic movies during the summer thing. Like, Yeah, uh, they played Jaws season. in the summer too, which I loved. I was really happy and about it, that. It was really wonderful to see in the theaters. Um, great fucking movie. I, I have that movie like seared into my brain. Like I could recite it. Jaws or The Godfather? Both. The Godfather. <laughs> okay. I was like, I got both in my head. The Godfather I is like, fucking- I don't love Jaws. Really? Oh my god. Jaws was on the other day on AMC, like so neutered, cut up and shit, and I watched every fucking minute of it. Cause I'm just <laughs> I'm so taken aback at how great that movie is to this day. And it's a you know, everyone knows the production troubles that it had, but it's just so amazing. Yeah. But um when it comes to Brando, it's like I I mean the Godfather is so fucking perfect for me. I love that character and he shows such a sweet like that's the thing. I think Marlon Brando, there was no sweetness in him. Like, at least that's what you would get from his personality and interviews and how he treats people and all the stories about him. But yeah, that character rides all such of a, his affection for the cheeseburgers. For the role. <laughs> oh, for the cheeseburgers. <laughs> waiting for him to take. Well, waiting for <laughs> the role. Every, every take, you get a cheeseburger. That's a rider in his contract. You got to show some compassion. He's like, okay, I'll show some compassion. Um, for a Big Mac. So, but you know, there's like even that scene, like what I love the most about watching that opening scene of The Godfather is him playing with that fucking cat. Mm -hmm. Like there's a sweetness. And at the same time, I'm like, he's going to break this cat's neck at any moment. Okay. Like I think the whole time I'm watching The Godfather, I think he's going to murder that poor uh, animal for no reason. Right. You know what I mean? That's, that's the tension of the whole movie is like, is that cat going to make it out? (laughs) It is definitely the tension of the first five minutes of of the movie, certainly. And we don't get an answer. That's the fucked up thing about The Godfather that nobody talks about about i'm like listen yeah it's a masterpiece but what happened to that cat cat? (laughs) is the cat with him is the cat still on the premises somewhere we don't know but isn't there like okay so that character isn't there such a sweet moment like at the end where he's like i never wanted this for you you know (laughs) he's like he's trying to talk to him (laughs) and you feel it man or even a better part it's a silent part but it's when mike goes to visit him in the hospital and he just holds his hand he doesn't say a word and i'm like oh my god can't even talk Uh, well and his death scene is among my maybe my favorite oh playing with his grandson with the oranges because the the child's acting is so natural because like Mm -hmm. i think the kid isn't even acting 
and it's Marlon Brando, like he like that part where he scares the kid and the kid starts crying and that's real and then he comforts him and he's yeah. playing running around, and then he has a heart attack, collapses, the kid still thinks he's playing. It's playing. Oh, it's so heartbreaking. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Um yeah, dude. I don't know. Here's my thing. Did you ever see that weird HBO supercut, Godfather in chronological order? No, I've heard about it and I hear it's bad. Is it? I never, I try to watch the beginning here, but here's the thing. Why would it inherently be bad? Because, you know, it, it, well, I guess because, because you're putting all the Godfather two scenes first is basically what yeah. you're doing. Like the reason it Godfather. works is because you go through that whole emotional arc to begin with, yeah. and then you get to recontextualize it. Right. Yeah. Like the, the Godfather two scenes are a little bit more fractured than I think people realize. Like they do some time skips here and there, even though it's kind of following a story yeah, young Beto, yeah. fractured. So to, clump them all together you're missing that emotional like you're seeing Vito's rise corresponding with Michael's fall that's yeah. where like the emotional um and thematic resonance of Godfather 2 comes in and you're robbing it of that well yeah I, th- I think that even like little emotional moments I remember watching the Godfather 2 for the first time and when they get to the part where he sees the Statue of Liberty outside of Ellis or whatever and you're like oh shit but again because we just saw the end of this guy's story we know how much he meant to the, the community and the family and this right. epicness of who he was and now we get to see that even he was just like a kid that they called mentally handicapped right they said he, he couldn't right. speak he was a mute and it's just this beautiful fucking moment and i i did watch the very very beginning of the recut godfather but i didn't see all of it and it starts with the funeral dirge in in sicily or sardinia or wherever they are and it's sicily yeah. right um and that's beautiful don't get me wrong but i do feel like it's like you're watching a completely different film the movie is yeah. no longer about michael corleone which it is right you know um and it just kind of changes everything it sucks the the re-edit but you said you never saw it I never saw it, but just on principle, I'm kind of against it. <laughs> I mean, there's no part of you that wants to see how you can ruin a masterpiece just by editing. Like editing is such an important, <laughs> such an important thing, man. Let, let's let's <laughs> two uh, masterpieces. Question: Is there no part of you that wants to ruin a thing you love? <laughs> My bad. Okay, I shouldn't have worded it like that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, you know what would be even better is if they just uh, put. Wait, I think don't they do it? Isn't it all three Godfathers? Don't they eventually go back and put Godfather 3 into this weird chronological mix too? I mean, I haven't, I, do, do they? Oh my God, I need to know now. I, that would actually wa- I stop with the Godfather part two. Like the headcanon for me, the Godfather part three doesn't exist. Mm, yeah. It's out of the picture. Do you think the Godfather yeah. part three would have been perfectly serviceable if it wasn't called Godfather? No. I think, <laughs> that, I think Coppola got into a really experimental phase in the 80s that was fitfully interesting. But mm-hmm. he should have stopped with like Tucker, a man in his dream, or Peggy okay. Sue got married, or something, because he was on to like lighter, more sentimental shit, and that didn't really fit with The Godfather. And then he jumps back in with The Godfather, and he's shoving his kid in there. Andy Garcia is doing something, <laughs> um, and just a thing. I can't tell you what it is, but he's doing yeah. it. I remember there's a part where he kills a guy <laughs> named Joey Zaza, and he goes, uh, "Joey, <laughs> Zaza." And then he like rides away or something. I forget it. It's a bad movie. All I remember about Godfather 3 is Vatican uh, vaults, because I like the alliteration, and that really weird scene where Andy Garcia is making a pizza with Sofia Coppola. You know what yeah. I'm talking about? And it's the supposed to be scene. like erotic and sensual or something. Well, they're cousins, aren't they? Is that like the, the, the byline of the movie? Are they the cousins? Because Garcia becomes the new Godfather at the end, right? Yeah, who, who the fuck is he to Michael Corleone, though? I don't even remember this. Guy. 
And Corleone is <laughs> like old and he's still like telling Kay, like, oh, I'm gonna make the business legitimate, Kay. And she's yeah. like, but Michael. I had a teacher once who tried to go and tell me that Godfather 3, and I'm like, oh, garbage. He's like, it's not garbage because it's just like Star Wars. You think you're watching the story of Luke Skywalker, but you're really learning the story of Anakin Skywalker. And the third Godfather movie shows you that you're really watching Michael Corleone. I'm like, no, that was apparent in the first film that we were watching Michael Corleone's story. Who is this teacher? Here's my uh, name and email address because I I need to write a very strongly worded letter. Okay. It's... I can actually Not give you this person. Thing. This is unrelated. I just want. <laughs> I just got to get some shit off my chest. Uh, and writing, it's the best way to do it. Yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those things where, like, it... talk about ruining a fucking legacy, dude. Godfather three. And, and it who says? Heart. I'm sorry. Who the fuck says? And I'm sorry. I'm getting all fired up here. That the Godfather is like Star Wars. The Godfather came well before Star Wars. It's a totally different thing. Or even before the prequels, for that matter, right? Like Godfather beats and it to the punch. Don't use the prequels time. as a positive comparison to anything. Oh, don't man. use that to strengthen your argument. Listen, man, he, he turned the chair backwards and had a rap sesh <laughs> with us. Okay, he was trying to relate to us, and he thought the prequels were our shit, man. He thought we all liked Jar Jar, but oh yeah, these so- kids grew up with the prequels. <laughs> that language. That's the real Star Wars, man. He was edgy as fuck. Do you remember like any of the original characters in the prequels? Aside from Jar Jar and Qui Gon, that's like it. Jar Jar, yeah. Qui Gon, and Amidala. Like any of the side peripherals. Oh, no. I can't tell you who the bad guys in the beginning are. I can't tell you who the bad guys at the end are. <laughs> like, I, I know Darth Maul, I guess. You know what I mean? I know, I know I remember, Grievous or Darth Maul. That's it. You know? I remember Dexter Jetster. He was the that guy is that not ran a real the 50s. Name. That's a real that is name. not real. Dexter Jetster. I'm going to send it to you. He's the guy that runs the 50s diner that Ewan McGregor is inexplicably friends with, who's like a monster alien. You don't remember this scene? He goes no, to talk to they him. They go way back, obviously. Boss. Yeah, this is before yeah. he joined the, 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 the like, Academy. Oh, Dexter. How are you? Wait, is this episode one? Is this episode two? This is like a cancer stick situation. Um, This is ep two. Okay. Ep two really is like as bad as ep one is. Ep two is a whole nother level. Of it's not horrendous. <laughs> I just sent you a link to Dexter Jester to prove it. I need to see it. I need to He's know all about this world. Real character for some reason. Dexter but yeah. Jester. Oh, My, yeah. Oh, CGI yeah. is fuck. God like, damn it. Obi-Wan, he's been a while. Or something. I don't know. <laughs> Why is every alien like basically Mexican or Albanian? I feel like there's yeah, no... They're, they're like either like some vaguely Turkish Middle Eastern like <laughs> racist stereotype or like from Latin America or something. I don't know, man. Yeah, it's fucked up. I mean, that's what, that's what he really thinks about us, you know? <laughs> that's George... <laughs> George Lucas is really thinking about us, man. Like he threw Lando in that second movie well, to be like, like oh. about about people of color in general. Yeah, yeah, man. We're all yeah, fucking weird aliens. Do you remember the fucking um the guy that owns Anakin and his mom at the beginning, like the flying yeah. Jewish uh, stereotype? It. Yeah. God. God. Five five thousand Republican credits. That guy. Fuck that dude, man. George Lucas is very <laughs> racist. Well, he sold off right. Do you remember what was that airplane movie about the Tuskegee Airmen that he did? Red Tails, <laughs> yeah. He he went on John Stewart and some other shows and said that he was the first guy to make a movie um starring black people. 
do you think he meant to qualify it better or do you think it is mine he's like i'm a pioneer i'm a i'm a i'm a trailblazer i'm bobby kennedy (laughs) he was like like jerking himself off and giving himself a pat on the back at the same time and he's like yeah you know this is the first uh movie about you know and starring um black people (laughs) god damn it (laughs) at least he says black right that's good right like where i got to this argument the other day about african-american versus black like, what's the preferred, uh, you know, term at this no point? Yeah, the North <laughs> Asian American. Please, dude. <laughs> this is the guy that built the railroads here. This <laughs> is the guy. What the fuck? <laughs> oh God! Sorry, that movie is so fucking good, and I know it's like a fucking bro cliche to love that movie, but God damn it! Bro it. cliches are just like movies that. I wouldn't put that in a bro cliche. I know a lot of bros who do love that, but I think that it hits that sweet spot, right? Like of people who watch it because they want to be bro-y and the people that really get that it's a fucking genius thing. I mean, the fact that the Lebowski effect is a known thing that I have told other people, like apply to different films that are not the Dick Lebowski, okay? Like that's the best thing about it. It's fucking incredible. You gonna watch that Jesus sequel if it actually comes out? Shit, man. Quintana, man. (laughs) Eight-year-olds, dude. Wait, is that the is that the sequel? Is this like him going on a road trip with an eight-year-old or something? Like, is it dark as fuck? <laughs> like, he's he's got impulses, but he has to not act on them the whole time. I think my favorite detail about Jesus in that movie is that Walter <laughs> never engages in anger with Jesus, even though he's like the most hostile character consistently. Like he's he knows so convinced yeah. of his own superiority, like eight-year-olds dude like after after jesus is like uh, and you try to pull any of that shit like take your piece out on the lane i'll take it from you shove it up your ass and pull the fucking trigger till it goes click and walter's just looking at him. He's just like eight-year-olds eight-year-old like, dude but then if Smokey steps over the line he's gonna shoot him in the goddamn over the line. oh god but dude honestly him pulling out that gun may be my favorite scene in the western canada <laughs> film okay <laughs> Like, nothing is as good as that fucking moment, man. I, you know, I can't say you're wrong. I love Donnie's reaction to it. There's so much going on in this. Scene. <laughs> There's like a, a good like three second delay where Donnie's brain doesn't process that Walter has pulled out a gun and he's just like looking and then you see him immediately remove himself from the situation. <laughs> Oh man, I see this thing. I, I miss I miss funny Bashemi. Like I liked Boardwalk. Good for you. You got to do some serious shit. Where's funny Bashemi again? Like really, he should just call the Cohen brother, call all his favorite directors and be like, hey, I'm available for the the light role. Not the right role, but the light role. He only wants to be a funny comedic guy this time. You know, I thought that he was gonna be funny in Boardwalk Empire because his name was Nucky, and then lo and behold, I get there and he's not that funny at all. The show is really funny sometimes, but I think that's because Terry Winter came from the Sopranos background or like, dude, honestly, drama writers are funnier than comedy writers like 90% of the time, I would say, because they know how to find the, the smart joke, the joke that resonates as opposed fucking to the cheap Mad joke. Men, dude? Mad yeah, Men's oh my God, Mad Men's fucking hilarious. Like make me laugh way harder than any comedy. Yeah. Well, like, that's the thing. It's like, we talk about showrunners now and this is absent of Matthew Weiner and like Vince Gilligan, right? Like in terms of the last like 10 years specifically, showrunners don't get the dark all the time like that that doesn't work like you need to have those moments man in the middle of the darkness because otherwise it's not sustainable well like not to go too back into that whole nanette special but her talking about like comedy is about relieving tension like you need that Mm -hmm. in a drama like where there's like this 
fucking you're drowning in tension like to have a fucking beat where it's just like releases that for a second so much more satisfying than than like people who are fucking building mountains out of jokes and shit like that yeah where it's just like joke 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 and now you're supposed to feel sentimental for a second like shit well see you saw kimmy schmidt i mean i feel kimmy schmidt's fucking jokes per minute are just next level like there are times where that show is firing and i'm not even kidding there's like seven jokes in a 60 second period yeah no like for sure like uh, there are shows that do it really really well i was more like talking shit about like big bang theory or something like Uh, those kind of three camera sitcoms type mm -hmm. shows or even family guy up to a point where like family guy will suddenly decide to get serious and the music swells yeah pretend to have a heart and it gets emotional like i love you lois and it's just like fuck you you were just doing jokes about the transformers like fighting in the park like don't don't give me that shit you didn't earn this moment, McFarlane. Yeah. McFarlane? Is that how he pronounces it? I don't give a shit how he pronounces it. <laughs> I, I pronounce it asshole. Fuck you. I saw, I saw A Million Ways to Die in the West, and it sucked. <sighs> anyway. Let's move on. <laughs> What's that, sigh? You're uh, acting like you know. I just went on a tear about something really offensive. Did I feel you, like anytime you attack, no, it was awful. It was, and let me tell you, not only was it awful, it made me so mad that fucking, I, I, I saw that the, 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 the Doc Brown joke, dude. Like, yeah. it made me so mad that fucking, they, they got Christopher Lloyd's 83-year-old ass out of wherever he's been for the last 10 years to come in to do half a second joke, and it is the worst joke I've ever seen. Like, it's not a funny joke. What was yeah. good about that? Uh, no, nothing. It was, remember this? And then people are like, <laughs> ha yeah. When did that, that movie even come out? Back to the Future 3 is 25 years old at that point. And it's also the, like, the least quotable and least referenced of all three of the Back to the Future movies, man. <sighs> I don't know, man. Fucking, I saw that in a double feature. At least I didn't pay for it. I saw that with the same day I saw X-Men Days of Future Past. And then I went and walked into A Million Ways to Die in the West because I was like, I got time to kill. What do, what do I got to lose? And apparently the answer was everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my soul, my walked, conscience. <laughs> well, no, like it was one of those, it was really surreal. Like I walked in there and I've been to comedies that didn't play, but that one was like dead silence in the theater the entire time. And there were a lot of old people in the theater too because I guess it was a Western and that appeals to like only old people. And weird Puerto Rican people. <laughs> yeah, like, okay. <laughs> Go on. And, um, and it was just dead quiet. It was just like, oh, fuck. This is, it was almost more terrifying than most horror movies. <laughs> well, it's just because you don't like old people. You're very scared of old people and babies. I remember that one time uh, you came over to my like house and the, the triplets were there. And they just mm. started surrounding you like zombies. And you were like, fuck this, dude. I'm out, man. Like, I don't like yeah. you this much. I got to get out of here. You don't know what kind of baby germs they got. Those are like a super baby germ. <laughs> it's like yeah, like baby germs that you catch them, they turn you into a baby. You know, you never know. And now you're stuck as a baby forever. Wouldn't that yeah. suck? Babies like a- crossing the ocean, uh, contacting an undiscovered civilization, wiping them all out with their baby germs and their diseases and shit. I mean, that would be the ultimate disease to end society is to turn everybody into a baby. <laughs> the no Who's one fights for themselves. Care of them. Yeah, come on. <laughs> And there's or, one person. or you're stuck in like a Who Framed Roger Rabbit deal where, uh, you know, it's like, 
I got a 40 year old's brain and a two year old's dinky or whatever he says. He's like smoking a <laughs> cigar. I like that that was his big concern. He's like, my dinky, it's gone. <laughs> like, whoa. So mad about that dinky problem, man. It's a bad problem I mean, to have in the cartoon world. Would you, would you not be mad if you had a baby dinky for the rest of your fucking life and you were also a baby? And all you could do is smoke cigars. <laughs> well, I would, I'd be mad if I was an adult and I had a baby dinky. If I was a baby, I'd be like, well, I'm right in line with where I'm supposed to be. Like, you know, I'm above average, according to my doctor. This guy has been a baby for fucking 40 years, man. Does he does he age and die like everyone else? Or is he just no, very he's little? Fucking, he's a tune, dude. They don't they don't die. They don't age. Okay. This is like uh, what we do with the shadow situation. Well, Judge Doom finds a way, but you can't kill a tune. (laughs) Right. Like, I know he's the villain, but honestly, he he did something no one else did before, man. And he killed a tune. And that should be applauded, sort of, in a weird world. Yeah. I mean, like, tune overpopulation is a very serious problem. Like, even the lampposts were alive in Tune Town. That's fucking scary. (laughs) Like too many mouths probably, to feed. Okay, like some population control, and if new tunes are getting created every day, that was my question about Roger Rabbit: is where did the tunes come from? Did somebody mm-hmm. draw them and then they sprung to life? Or yeah, did they- there, there's a tune god, and Judge Doom is like Tune Cain. Okay, like he's the man who invented murder <laughs> in Tune World. <laughs> what is Bob Hoskins in this situation? Uh, uh, not able, obviously. I have no idea. Who is he? Let's go biblical. Man, Christian reads the Bible and needs to make a comeback. I'm All right, saying. so, yeah, I'm, dude, I'll do it. Not today, but I will because yeah. I have no story from the Bible I want to talk about. All right, but if Judge Doom is, is, is Cain, he's the man who invented murder, right? The problem is, in the Bible, if you know your Bible, sir, God got really pissed off at Cain. So Cain's like, you're going to wear a fucking mark, bro. You can't, you're going to walk around forever and no one's going to kill you because they're going to try to stab you and they're going to be like, oh shit, there's that mark of God. Let's get the fuck out of here, man. So no one kills him in the Bible. I think he just dies of old age way down the line. Or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe like a bear shark gets him or something. I don't know what was fucking around back bear then. Shark. Bear sharks were real, man. Drop bear sharks, you know? <laughs> like, Canadian, man. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, it was a good song. It's, uh, it's two horrifying predators. I mean, I don't know if there's a combination of things you would be more scared of than, than a like bear shark. A bear and a cougar, a, a booger. A booger. <laughs> What's the other one that they did there? God, I'm trying to remember. Um, there's a turtle and something else. Or a tortoise. <laughs> what was it? I don't know. It was like God a turtle with some wings. I forget. Tim and Eric, though. Tim and Eric, though. That's their names. <laughs> That's not the show. They should pitch another show. <laughs> and eric though and it's just uh them doing nothing just shopping around rodeo drive do you remember tim and eric's billion dollar movie where in the beginning they had john depp playing johnny depp (laughs) i don't remember i remember john depp in the episode where they make it rain or whatever (laughs) and it's uh, celebrity yeah whoopsie goldbergs (laughs) um but no i don't remember that john depp and you're watching celebrity zillions the, the best part about this, say, like, they, they look nothing like the fucking celebrities. I'm sorry. It is like the worst version of celebrity impersonators I mean, ever. Yeah, John Depp kind of looks like Johnny Depp. A little bit. But they should get, they, I was just going to say, they should get John Depp to replace the real Johnny Depp and just be the new Johnny Depp now. Because real Johnny Depp's looking real weird. I don't know, man. He was there at Comic-Con. Did you see him at Comic-Con this week? I hear he played Grindelwald or something and took no questions. Yeah, why would he take any questions? You know, he's he's having a rough time. That expose came out. To answer for. 
Um, they, he settled that fucking court case, by the way, apparently. He was like suing his former business managers. What happened? Did he win? Uh, I don't know. When you say settle, it's hard because I don't know how that works. Did they settle with him or did he settle? Or did he settle for less? <laughs> or did he settle with himself? And he's like, just get out of it, man. You're bleeding money. <laughs> You're bleeding it. <laughs> Um, yeah, man, I don't really know, but now he's spinning it. It's like, I can finally get back to doing what I love, you know, having fake British accents for some reason, even though he's from Kentucky. I've never yeah, understood. He's been talking with a fake British accent like past 20 years, ever since he got that kooky, uh, that kooky hair that he did for that one movie with John Turturro. What was that called? Secret window? Secret window. Yeah. But the, you know, what's the funniest about that? I'm so glad you brought that up by the way, because this is what's up with him. The weirdest thing he did in that time frame and wasn't even that. He remember that like the buried secret of M Night Shyamalan or whatever, where it was like a sci-fi fucking thing yeah. where um, it was like about pretending to have a haunting on the set of um, the village. <laughs> Sorry, I just saw that thing you sent me. You fucking asshole. Um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, he's like, oh, I was haunted, and then the guy goes back to the to the house that they did for signs, but it's just an empty lot, and they try to make it seem like the story in Unbreakable where David yeah. Dunn drowns is what happened to M. Night and now he's being haunted and shit like that. Um, but in the middle of this, for no reason, the filmmakers go to Paris and like Johnny Depp's there and he's just like, yeah, man, I don't know. He's a dark guy. And he's got a fucking hat and like a bunch of bracelets on and shit like that. Like, I don't know what's going on in that. He's got but... a lot to say about ghosts and hauntings and stuff. Why was <laughs> and he And specifically M. Night Shyamalan, right? Like they've never worked together. I had no idea yeah. the tenuous connection like, at best, but... Do you think that they like hang out and stuff and just like haven't been in each other's movies maybe? Maybe that's what it is. They're best friends, but they're always looking for the right, you know. Or maybe yeah. Johnny Depp has been previously attached to every single role. Like, he was <laughs> playing Dunn and Elijah, Mr. Glass, you know what I mean? They play the Haley Joel Osment <laughs> uh, character in Sixth Sense. Yeah, Wouldn't it be was great? Gonna... Wouldn't it be great if in, uh, in Glass or whatever, uh, Haley Joel Osment's character from the Sixth Sense comes back as fat Haley Joel Osment? And, it's and like he's in the same Babylon universe, and he's yeah. talking to ghosts. Um, it would make sense because they're already in the mental hospital, you know. But that's the thing about yeah. the success that never made sense to me. It's just like, well, he still sees ghosts, right? Like he's just he's just helping them now. <laughs> like that's the big right. twist of the end. I would go back and see how that's working out for him in middle age. You know, he's got a wife and two kids, but he's still helping dead people all the time that no one can <laughs> see or he can't talk to you about it. It's terrible, right. man. The end of the sixth sense doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to did do you, that. Did you walk into it? You were in trouble two words into that sentence, Max. Oh. I hope you know, but yeah, I'm no, it doesn't make sense. But it, but it has a fucking fantastic Tony Collette moment. Like that last scene is really pretty. Oh, yeah. to me. You know, yeah. Tony Collette killing it for sure, as always. Um, but no, just the 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 whole like him saying, "Okay, Bruce Willis is a ghost." Like I have, I'm fine with that part. But basically, the kid walks off into the sunset, suddenly at peace with the fact that terrifying ghosts. Or around him all the time, yeah. Every direction, like without warning. Like, also, my question is, dude, where does it stop? Like, yeah, he's like, help them, okay. But what if this guy gets really dependent on Haley Joel Osment doing shit for him? Like, where does it end? Like, hey, go pick up my dry cleaning. Like, where does it end, Haley? That's my question. Because, like, those ghosts are a lot of them are not friendly, you know, or (laughs) fun, you know. I like, I like that, like, these people, Willis levels of friendly. Yeah, when they're assholes in real life, what, suddenly they're friendly or ghosts? Like, come on, man. That's not how that works. Willis is the exception to the rule in that movie as far as the ghosts (laughs) that were shown, right? Because you've got, got, like, 
the one part where, and this fucked me up as a kid, where he thinks he sees his mom in the kitchen, but she turns around and she's got like cuts the on her wrist. Yeah. Like, Look what you made me do. And she's Great. running up to him and stuff. And he's like a nine-year-old little boy. And now he's suddenly at peace with this. Like he's going to be <laughs> fine with that kind of trauma now. I'm yeah, sorry. that doesn't change, right? That doesn't change at all. <laughs> like, oh, man. All right, so that is problematic, you know, but you don't think too hard about it because you get this beautiful moment. He's like, I'm ready to go. And then he just fades off into some fucking world or something like that. But yeah. nothing's changed. I, no, I, none I of these ghosts have the Like a year had. from then, that kid's going to be hooked on heroin. <laughs> the credits roll. He's like, I'm at peace. Cut to the smash cut three weeks later. Just needle in his no, arm. The only thing that shuts him up. It's the only thing that makes him go away. <laughs> you know, usually people do heroin and then they see dead people. This is the only fucking her, the reprieve he gets from this. The respite he needs and desires from the dead. You know? <laughs> Sorry, ghosts. I got to shoot up. Yeah, <laughs> he plays a rating. Maybe that's what's up with Randy Newman. He's just like, I gotta stop these cuts so I can go shoot up and stop seeing dead people. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's all making sense. Dead people his entire life. Since at least 1972. It's a been a shit couple of years for him, man. Uh, um Yeah, man. I mean, I don't know. I mean, did you see the glass trailer? I mean, keeping it on the Shyamalan of it all. Yeah, it didn't look good. Yeah, the trailer didn't look great, but I have faith in it. I mean, it's an early trailer. And honestly, like, here's the weird thing. I know it's weird to be like, I have faith in it because Shyamalan went through a straight decade of irrelevancy. Like the kind of irrelevancy that if anyone else went through it, you would never hear from them again. They'd be dead. Yeah, you would. They would be Haley Joel Osment shooting up like under overpass (laughs) in Philly, you know? That's my favorite part about that. They should do that movie because listen, Philly's fucked up in that regard. Like it's still like a hot spot for heroin and shit like that, sadly. So people are shooting up all the time. I would watch that movie, man. (laughs) I really would. Um, But yeah, so Glass, it's like, uh, you know, I like The Visit. He did that movie, The Visit, that came out like a couple years ago because it was like that little kid rapping. Yeah, I didn't like that. But I mean, overall, like I liked that it, it went, you know, I've talked about this a bunch recently on the podcast with you. It's like, I'm at that point where I'm like, oh, but I could do this, <laughs> right? Like yeah. the cameras that they used, I think were 5Ds and 7Ds, like, you know, very much within our wheelhouse, like we could shoot on those cameras. Um, so I think I really fell in love with like, oh, he can make it. And the fact that it was not some, oh, there's a giant twist, fucking bullshit predicated it moment. Wasn't like a high concept thing. Like he was yeah. Like- in it wasn't lady yeah. in the water where he was trying to establish some grand mythos well let me ask you this though because it's what it seems to me though is give him fewer dollars and more creative control and he's fine but i don't yeah. know if that's necessarily true because like i have to wonder like all right i'm a defender of the village i know people don't like it that's fine it's okay you know but what i, what I don't think that that is the disaster that lady in the water is right or the disaster right. that the happening is um, I don't even count Avatar or the fucking Jaden Smith uh, Scientology movie that they did. Like, I don't, I don't even count those. Bad run, didn't he? Dude, that, yeah, right? When you hear those four movies back to back, you're like, my God, <laughs> like what happened, like, you know? I'm amazed he even got funding for After Earth. And I guess it's because Will Smith. And I remember yeah. in the marketing for that, they didn't even have his name on it. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't, it wasn't like M. Night Shyamalan's After Earth. It was just After Earth, Will and Jaden Smith. Yeah, well, because there was a time, like, he, he, you know what's so funny? Listening to, uh, like, watching, like, The Village stuff, mm-hmm. he refuses to be, like, the director of Sixth Sense. He refused to have that on his, like, marquees. He didn't want to be known as that, right? 
And I thought it was funny. He wanted his name to be the brand. But then after a couple fucking flops, so like the director of The Sixth Sense, and you're like, oh, all right. Like, yeah. So he went right back to it quickly. Now he's back on that thing where his name kind of has some weight again because The Visit was sort of a success. And um, the Split, I like Split, split man. Yeah, but I think Split is I think Split is held together by how fucking amazing McAvoy is and Anya Taylor-Joy. Is yeah. that her name, Taylor-Joy? Yes. Um, McAvoy, like, after that movie, I was like, he might be one of our best working actors. Incredible. And it took me a while to realize that just because of how low-key great he is. Mm-hmm. He's great in a way that isn't showy. And that was, like, the first time that it was kind of a showy thing, and he fucking nailed it. Yeah. Um, but he is holding the kind of ridiculousness of that. Like, there's a, there's a level of schlock to that yeah. that you're overlooking because of how dazzling that performance is. I believe it. I mean, Sam Jackson talks about on glass. He's like, listen, man, there's something about like seeing it in a movie and then seeing that shit in person. <laughs> like yeah. it is it's a phenomenal thing. He's like, it's probably the best acting I've ever seen. And for, for fucking Sam Jackson, who I'm not saying has worked with everybody. Yeah, dude. He's like, McAvoy might be some of the best acting I've ever seen. And I'm like, think about what that means. Like, think about the pedigree that Jackson has worked with in his career, you know? So that's that's really fucking amazing. And that's why I have faith in it, ultimately. I feel like it's fucking nine months away. And she's back, isn't it? Because McAvoy is great, but I think she equally does an amazing job in that film. Because she has to anchor the normal parts. (laughs) She has to bring the fucking, like, film. She has to be your emotional gatekeeper. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure she's in this next one. Yeah, I saw her in the trailer. Uh, I couldn't tell if that was like, well, no, I guess it wasn't flashback scenes to mm-hmm. the original those new stuff. Um, I think the thing that threw me off was like that like hard cut when Sarah Paulson is talking and then the hard cut to the three of them is like a mm-hmm. comedy shot where you got sure. Glass and What's-His-Face and David Dunn all sitting Well, there. it makes you feel weird because <clears throat> Dan Split, he's obviously hanging out. Like he's in a diner. He's not like in some mental institution clothes or anything, right? So it just, it, it cast doubt on like, okay, when is this taking place? Why would they ever have Elijah and fucking David Dunn together? You know what I mean? Like that was weird to me. I, but I like because I thought the next movie was going to be like their, like I know Elijah was still going to be in a hospital because that's kind of what they said happened to him. But I, the beast is still in the run, right? Like this presupposes yeah. that they caught him, you know? Right. And that's what's weird to me. And then like also David Dunn, she's like, you know, you believe that you have superhuman strength and abilities and stuff. And it's like, he could very, and I'm curious to see how the movie works with this, but he could very mm-hmm. easily prove that he's really fucking crazy strong. Like you see yeah. him literally bending steel in the trailer. You could just be like, yeah, look at this steel thing. Well, yeah. Okay. Can I go now? <laughs> just one, just one quick demonstration. We can settle this whole thing, man. Just go bend these oh, bars. Shit, you're like a real ass superhero. I'm sorry. Right. Just, we'll see you later. Here's your discharge papers, and <laughs> like, um, here's a, a voucher for a free meal at McDonald's. And, and I'm gonna validate your parking. I'm sorry that we kept you here for 20 days, but you know you can get out now. You know, hopefully the that will be in the movie as well, or it'll be a dream sequence. Because otherwise, yeah. Um, it's it's it seems weird but again it's hard i can't believe i'm saying this i am gonna trust in and night and this is the point i was making to you like when he did the visit he took like i think eight million to make the movie and asked for final cut it turned out well split he took i think 15 million for it asked for final cut got final cut like when he gets final cut it seems like he's doing well but i don't know if he had final cut on lady in the water i don't know if he had final cut on the happening if studio started to come in 
I feel like he did because like, well, I know that's that, what's, like, that's what's scary about it because yeah. you can make a, you can make an argument that avatar and after earth is studio interference, hundreds of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars being put into it. They're going right. to have studio, but the other two are harder to make that argument for, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't have a lot of confidence in the guy. Um, <laughs> it, it's one of those things where like, you know, in life, my approach to a lot of things is I assume it's probably not going to be that great. And if it is, Mm-hmm. hey nice surprise but that sure. way i can avoid the crushing disappointment that i felt after spider-man 3 you know fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me shame on m night right yeah and sam raimi oh that was studio interference too but whatever what we're learning is that the studio is going to get fooled again <laughs> won't get fooled again brown throw the fucking put some sunglasses on let's get the fuck out of here man yeah. we're done um no, dude, it's, it's what I'm learning is that studios don't know what the fuck they're doing. They have the money to make movies, but it seems like none of them have ever made a fucking movie in their life. And then you get these examples of people, you know, fucking up. I mean, like the Justice League cut or whatever, there was just more news about that because people are like, give me a Snyder cut. And I'm like, do you really want this? Like, this is, this is you begging for, this is like begging for Chinese democracy, that Guns N' Roses album that finally came out. And we're like, fuck. Why? I know that what? Snyder is going to make the Fountainhead as his next movie. Yeah, it seems very appropriate for that fucking dick. Like, yeah, go for it, man. Like, does he really think that about himself? That he's like that? Mm. That mm-hmm. he's like the ideal man? Yeah. According to Ayn Rand, he's just a true objectivist hero. Sorry, I'm going to sigh every time I get really depressed. He, he, like, the fact that he's made as many films as he's made and gotten the amount of money to make those films gives me no faith, not just in the Hollywood system, but humanity. Like, bring on the nukes, because it would be preferable than having to watch another Zack Snyder big-budget film. I, I don't think that he has a thought in his head aside from, oh, yeah, this is cool. Like, everything that he does, his approach to everything is, yeah, but it's cool, though. Doesn't matter if it makes sense or not. Doesn't matter if he's ruining Watchmen or fucking Superman or Batman or whatever. But it looks cool. Remember that part with the slow motion? It's cool, right? Bet you gone back and watched any Watchmen? None of that slow motion works. Like even the opening fight scene with the comedian, I'm just like, oh, can we hurry this yeah, up? That movie, this. that movie doesn't work as a whole. I'll tell you the, the part that works is like the when they stop the fucking movie literally in the middle and go back and tell Doctor Manhattan's origin story for twenty minutes and I'm like oh all right sure that's, this is that's great one part yeah that works but like you shouldn't be giving hero shots to Rorschach because that misses the point of Rorschach mm-hmm. and you shouldn't be giving hero shots to Night Owl either because like <laughs> in the comic he's like the intent of the character is that he's kind of pathetic and kind of like this middle-aged impotent guy that's like getting off on breaking bones and shit yeah they got the right actor for that because patrick wilson is so the exact version of who that is to me (laughs) like as a man wilson is great um but like then to like treat like the whole him having sex with what's her face as a punchline with hallelujah playing and then like the ship it's just bad it's a bad movie it's Mm -hmm. a bad movie and when i hear people say max watch me with good though I say, nah. I say just like oh, Nah. I don't say no. I say nah. <laughs> and that's my whole argument. And then I skateboard away. <laughs> you skate, you can you skate? I, this is a hidden talent all my life. I've never known Only this. When people bring up Watchmen, a skateboard appears and I can suddenly <laughs> find a sense of balance. 
for the first time in my life, I feel complete. I'm standing yep. on solid ground. And then I find myself uh, far away from them. I have to take a cab home. <laughs> the skateboard disappears. You're just like, oh, fuck. I'm three miles away without a skateboard. I don't know why I'm revealing this to people. Please don't bring up Watchmen to me. It's cost me a lot of money. You know, I've had to pay for a lot of lifts and a lot of Ubers <laughs> to get back because I always end up in some random part of town. Yeah. Uh, it's not great. Yeah, man. And even if you had the skateboard, potholes are everywhere. You're going to fall in. Well, the skateboard be- eventually disappears. And it's like, and I have no sense of direction. You know? mm-hmm. Usually end up in downtown Tampa. I'm waiting for a giant sinkhole to just <laughs> swallow that whole thing. Just swallow that Tampa. whole town. Yeah, man. Swallow it all up. Well, the thing is, we're, we're acting like sinkholes aren't a thing that happened. Like, you know, a couple of years back, there's that guy who literally got swallowed by a fucking sinkhole and he was just sleeping in his bed. Like, that is so metal to me that I don't even know how to comprehend it. There are no words except for metal, obviously. It, happen, it happens all the time in Florida. Yeah, the sinkholes are a huge problem. I think that the whole state eventually is just going to sinkhole into the ocean. <laughs> so just sink into the ocean? <laughs> but there you go. Yeah. A giant sinkhole that falls into the ocean. Yeah. The sinkhole thing is weird because, like, like, I think... cartoon plop sound effect, like, bloop. <laughs> Do you think that we could just, like, put a bunch of... TNT on the border and just detach Florida from the rest. You know what I mean? Like just just why, blow it up. Why are you asking me this question? Where is this thought coming from? Because I don't like peninsulas. I've been I've been hanging. I've been harboring bad feelings about peninsulas for decades you got now. Beef with peninsulas now. Yeah, you I mean, be, be an island or be nothing. Okay, like what are you doing? You have way too much beef with way too many things. Now it's like with land masses. I don't know where to start or end with like, you. Yeah, it's like, look, be a part of something or be independent. But don't be like, oh, I'm three, four. It's like, you're fuck you, man. You I know, hate, don't I hate. worry about what peninsulas are doing. Just worry about what you're doing, okay, buddy? Okay, by the way, unrelated, and I have no idea if this is uh, golden era Simpsons or not, but there's a joke where they're, they're making fun of like Fox reality shows, and it's like a dating show, and he's like, we've got a big secret to tell you. You thought you were spending... Uh, uh, two weeks on a romantic island and he's like but really and he pulls like a tape up it's a peninsula and the women's are like my god how could you yeah. I just lose yeah. that was good i think that was golden era but i could be wrong. okay thank god golden era fucking simpsons <laughs> oh man sorry sorry man it's okay you know why are you sorry I don't know. I just feel like I got to apologize, man. I feel like someone's got to fall you on that. You got really sandwich. fired up about peninsulas. Um, <laughs> Where am I supposed to go after that? Peninsulas are assholes, man. <laughs> <laughs> are there any other land masses or naturally occurring things in the earth that you have beef with? You yeah, geysers. Geysers are bullshit. Again, be a volcano or be nothing. Like, I don't have time for this, like, identity crisis bullshit. Like, come At what on. point has a geyser ever taken up any of your time except for now when you're talking about it? We were talking when we did the we did episode seven. We did where's the magma? And I'm like, let's go to Yellowstone. There's a volcano under there. Of course, it's being a geyser and shit. But yeah, yeah fuck geysers, man. Any, any also, just as a concept, just as a concept, what the fuck is a geyser? Oh, I spit water up. Like I can go to Vegas for that shit or Tampa. I think they had them in Tampa for that matter. I mean, it gave us that great Steve Buscemi line in Fargo, where he's complaining <laughs> to Peter Stormare about how he doesn't talk, and he's like. Oh yeah, that was a great piece of conversation. It was a regular <laughs> geyser. I'm fucking that up, but I've never heard right, anybody. All right, you geysers. sold it. You sold it. Geysers. I'm sorry. All right, you got me, geysers. You're fine, man. The Coens why... made geysers great again. <laughs> make me that shirt. Make me a fucking MAGA red shirt. And just like make geysers great again. M G G A. Please, <laughs> please. I would wear it. Yeah. 
<sighs> man. Are you acting like you don't have any uh, any beefs with any landmass? You're just you're cool with all landmasses. They can't help it. They didn't choose yeah, to be a they geyser. Choose. They, could choose. they could choose. They're a volcano under the surface. They choose to be a geyser, man. I mean, I guess I have beef with like the Amazon rainforests because it's like, where do you get off providing the majority of all the oxygen? Did you ever think about all the people that were eventually going to rape and demolish you? Come on, like Earth, like get it together. Have some other sources of, you know, the yeah. thing to live. Well, in Puerto Rico, we have El Junque, which is a like the, the one thing Puerto Ricans got right is we like we get that our rainforest is legit as fuck and we don't fuck with it. It's all completely protected. Yeah. Um, which is yeah, dude, it's great. And they talk about like the oxygen levels and how much it provides and shit like that. It's really, really good. That's the one bright spot of, you know, the the rainforest argument here. If you get up in the rainforest <clears throat> in Puerto Rico and like a giant spider lands on you or you get attacked by a bird of prey, you just let it happen because you're protecting the thing? Well, I mean, well... We, How far we, does that protect you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> where, where does What's it end? It? Again, much like Haley Joel Osment, where does it end with these fucking rainforests and ghosts? Um, yeah, dude, I don't know. I mean, that's the truth. Like, if, if something swoops in and gets caught in my hair, I gotta let it do its thing. It's like, it's protected, bro. You can't touch that thing, all right? It swoops in and gets caught in your hair. Yeah, well, I had a lot of hair, man. Like, yeah, it happens. Um... No, man, I think, I think it's just about deforestation. I think they can't cut shit down and stuff like that. And vis-a-vis, that kind of protects things, you know what I mean? Like, I guess I can kill a spider because, in theory, that spider's done, you know, it's been spider-fucking. It's been fucking all the spiders out there, you know? So it's all good. You know, we've talked about spiders before, and we've talked about your dislike of spiders. Mm-hmm. Um, I've kind of started to get desensitized on purpose to spiders mm-hmm. because, you know... They're not that bad. They're just they're yeah. un, they're they're unnatural to me in terms of how they move. I think that's the main thing that fucks me up about them. It's just they move unpredictably. And you know, they fast. don't move. Yeah, yeah and they're very fast. fast. But aside from that, you know, like they're usually just chilling and doing their own thing. And who am I to come in here and try to fuck them up just on sight alone? I don't know the ancestor the the ancestors of colonials. <laughs> like, what do you mean, man? Wasps, on the other hand, are fucked up. They don't deserve to exist, and they provide nothing, nothing positive at all. They they are literally like bioengineered to be dicks. They just run around stinging shit and laying eggs and other things. What did like, fucking B.D. Wong make them in the lab? Like, wait, 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 what do you mean bioengineered? Oh, you mean bioengineered? Like the the natural order yeah. made them to. No, be I need. I I mean G dash D, bro. What are we talking? <laughs> <laughs> the Sorry. best engineer of all <laughs> why do people spell it like that what is that seriously i I, I honestly don't know yeah i mean i don't know you're asking you me like right now like yeah i have yeah i don't know talk to g-d about it he'll tell you the word like what are you talking about it seems like the kind of thing that they would like you can't say his full fucking name. It seems like the kind of thing they would get mad about. I mean, because like you're taking you're not it's a perversion of God, right? Like, listen, man, as a kid in Virginia, I went to a church. I mean, you know this. I grew up in like I, I would go to church in like these small fucking towns in Virginia or whatever, and I was little with this like super zealot family. And like the pastor yelled about Xmas. And freaked the fuck out about it, and was like, "Xmas, you don't say Xmas because it takes Christ away, and X is the sign of the devil." And I'm like, "Wait, what? X is the sign of the devil?" And it just, just, no, it's not true, Max. No, it's not true. That's the point, man. Um, I was, I was gonna be like, I did not know that. 
Oh, God. See, you would be like, I respect it more. I'm going to only say Xmas now because, yeah. you know, I'm metal as fuck. I ain't about Christ. They, you know, they say Levain Satanists are not that bad, but who am I? I, I dude, the only Satanist I've ever met is the sweetest human being who has ever lived, ever. And, uh, like, it's, it's, I'm not even kidding. Like, he is so fucking sweet that it makes me hate myself because I'm nothing. I'm, like, affiliated with nothing. But I'm not as nice as him. And he's affiliated with the darkness, man. Yeah. I mean, you're a nihilist, man. You believe in nothing. <laughs> nothing at all, Lebowski. Nothing's at all. These men were <laughs> Nazis, Walter? Well, come on, Donnie. They were threatening castration. Oh, Say what you want about the ethos of the National Socialist Party, but, but at, least at least it's an ethos. Nihilist. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>